This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Thank you very much there, Greg Hose, and a very good evening, and welcome to the early edition of SAFM Sport On, 6 to 7 every Friday, but 7 to 8 p.m. Mondays to Thursday. Thank you very much for joining us. Loyolom Kalipi and Katla Humudiva, the producers, and Sylvester Komane is our technical producer tonight. It is Flashback Fridays, and we like to catch up with our sporting heroes of yesteryear or highlight significant moments or historic moments in South African sport. And tonight we will go all the way to New Zealand. That's where we will catch up with the South African born former weightlifter who won Commonwealth titles representing both England and New Zealand and has won several world powerlifting and Masters world powerlifting titles. His name is Mr. Precious McKenzie who had to flee the country during the apartheid days so that he can fulfill his dream of competing internationally, something that he was not allowed to do here in South Africa at the time because of the color of his skin as he was classified as a colored and Mr. McKenzie has an incredible story to tell of how he overcame this challenges and ended up making a successful career and also living uh, his um, well uh, a very successful life overseas we are also hoping to catch up with the head coach of the log leading Cape Town Blitz who have won 3 out of 3 in the Mzansi Super League they are up against the Josie Stars at the Wanderers tomorrow and the reason I'm saying we are hoping to is that uh, they did inform us that they've got practice uh, between 6 and 7 but they will try and get us to speak to the coach but there is a game tonight for those in PE the Nelson Mandela Bay Giants up against the Devon Heat Ebaye. That one starts straight after the show at 7pm so you still have time to go to St. George's Park folks but if you can't then uh, tune into SABC3 and also the radio uh, platforms. That's where the Mzansi Super League matches will be broadcast live throughout the tournament. But first up um, we have to go to a case that has attracted a lot of interest. Uh, Kaiser Chiefs legend Mike Sporomangena will spend the weekend behind bars after his case was postponed to Monday following a brief appearance at the Ranfontein Magistrate Court earlier today. Remember that um, uh, Mr. Mangena was taken to custody on Wednesday along with three others after a drug bust following a raid at his plot in Ranfontein and we'll get more details on this story uh, from the Hawks after this break and remember you are welcome to join our conversations at any time on 0891 our SMS line is 40938 we also take WhatsApp voice notes on 061 and it's hashtag SF Spot on on social media. I am powered by integrity simply because I refuse. I refuse to follow my father's footsteps, that of yelling at my mother and using her for a punching bag. I will not earn my respect by forcing myself on an innocent girl just because I'm stronger. I refuse to let the environments I'm growing up in convert me into a young rebel and not an esteemed boy child with a bright future. Power to Rise, brought to you by Love Life. This is an SABC Foundation supported initiative. When my home wasn't safe, I found a family here. I found the courage to go from the street to the stage, a chance to shine. Once, I didn't even have food to eat, but here, I am truly nourished and nurtured. For us, Girls in Boys Town is not just another shelter. Here, we are given hope when we need it most. We are given the power to make our dreams possible. Help us leave a legacy we can all be proud of by supporting us at girlsandboystown.org.za. This is an SABC Foundation-supported initiative. Zanzi's Sporting Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. 
So as I mentioned then, uh, Mike Mangena was uh, appeared in court today alongside Morena Makwela and William Kazipata and Kennedy Tsokolane and we are joined on the line by, Ho- by the Hawk spokesperson, Captain Divuo Mulami. Captain, uh, good morning, uh, Captain Divuo Mulamu and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Thank you, Tabiso, and good evening to your listeners as well. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Captain. Before we get into today's proceedings, what exactly have these four been charged with? The four have been charged with an offence called manufacturing and dealing in drugs. Okay, and and obviously the details are still sketchy, but did the raid at Mr. Mike Mangana's plot come as a result of an investigation or was it a a tip-off? Uh, Tabiso, this was a tip off and it's just information that was followed for about four weeks now and uh, through the court interdict or the search warrant that was issued to us on Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning when we intercepted the plot there at the Ranfontein West, we actually found an illegal or rather a clandestine drug laboratory and this is where we found three men there who were arrested and later after Mr. Mike Mangena was summoned for questioning, he was later arrested through, um, rather, after further investigation that we, we could be linked to the drug that was happening in his plot. So initially he was taken in for questioning and then after that, that's when he was charged? Initially, because we did not find him in the, pre- in the premises, when we called him in, he was um, cooperating. However, later, after further investigation, which were conducted at the police station where we had taken him, it was later found that he could possibly be linked to the uh, situation or to the, uh, to the operation that was happening at his plot. That's why we ended up detaining with the rest of the three accused. And how big is this bus, Captain, and what are the implications? Well, you remember, uh, Tabiso, that this is a Schedule 5 offense, and um, the drug is actually big. Unfortunately, at the moment, we cannot confirm the value that could be estimated to it because the forensics are still analyzing the whole crime scene, and thereafter, we will be able to elaborate further on the value or how big the laboratory is. And you also remember that um, the prosecutor this morning opposed bail since this was a Schedule 5 offense for all four accused. Okay, so, so did, they, did they apply for bail today and it was opposed? The bail was opposed. Remember when you're uh, making your first appearance at court, you are given an opportunity to apply for bail. However, through the um, agreement between the legal representatives and the prosecutors, it was believed that the state believed that since this is a Schedule 5 offense, the state therefore opposed bail. Hence, the four accused, which is Mr. Uh, Mike Mangena and three of his co-accused, will be remanded in custody for the rest of the weekend. However, Tadiso, there was also a, a recommendation that was brought in forward by the legal representatives to the magistrate that they would like to keep Mr. Mike Mangena at the Ranfontein police station due to medical reasons. And the three co-accused will be... Uh, detained at the nearby correctional services. Is it because of his, of his own medical reasons, Mr. Mangena? It was brought to the attention of the magistrate that due to his uh, medical reasons, hence they brought in the application that he is kept at the police station. Okay. So uh, now I, I, I read that they will appear again on Monday. Is that correct? Yes. The case has been postponed Tabiso, to Monday for further investigation or bail application. Okay, but the state, as you said, is opposing bail. 
We have reasonable grounds to oppose bail again, but we'll see how the agreement between the prosecutor and the legal, legal representative goes. Okay, Captain, thank you very much for giving us an update. I mean, we're not going to interrogate you here. We just wanted to give people an update because, as you can imagine, we're a sports show and uh, it's attracted a lot of interest from our listeners and that's why we thought we should just call you and to get an update. Thank you, and uh, thank you for having us, Kavisa. Thank you. So that is the update then from Captain Dibuo Mulamu, Hawks spokesperson, saying that Mr. Mike Mangena and his other accused, William Kazipata Morena Makwelane and Kennedy Tsokolane, have been remanded in custody until uh, Monday. Bail was opposed. They can apply for bail again on Monday, and Mr. Mangena has asked to be kept separately from his co-accused uh, because of health reasons, so he will be kept at the police station. That's it on that one. We'll continue giving you updates as this case uh, goes along. But up next, we're going to go all the way to New Zealand and to catch up with our guest on Flashback Fridays, uh, Mr. Precious McKenzie. But I think we've got Ashwell Prince before that, or maybe he hasn't started training yet. Okay, I think we should try and speak to Mr. Ashwell Prince after this break, the coach of the Cape Town Blitz. While Rocker FC takes on defending champions, Bidvers Bits, in the second semi final of the Telcom Knockout. New Peter Mukaba Stadium will be turned upside down as the host, Pakaha, hope to upset the students. Meanwhile, Kevin Hunt and his clever boys hunt for a away victory to secure a place in the final. Catch this do-or-die encounter live on SABC1 and your favorite SABC radio station this Sunday at 2.30pm. Brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. It is the final EFC Fight Night of the Year on Saturday, 8 December at Times Square in Menlet. Headlined with two title fights plus massive heavyweight clashes, the granite-jawed Andrew Fonseil goes head-to-head with the power and precision of England's Stuart Austin. This Sunday, watch as Fonseil went to war with the behemoth Vessel Monsters EFC every Sunday at 10 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sport. There is a place that convert extraordinary business minds into pioneers and trailblazers that nurtures collaborative intelligence to produce the next generation of leaders in Africa. At Regent Business School, we offer a range of accredited, globally recognized postgraduate and undergraduate qualifications. 2019 registrations are now open. For more information on our popular MBA and BCom degrees, visit regent.ac.za. Regent Business School, a member institution of Honoris United Universities. Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. Okay, so as I mentioned, the Cape Town Blitz have had a superb start to the inaugural Mzansi Super League. They've won three out of three, and uh, the team has, uh, of course, the likes of Del Stein and uh, Fahan Behadin in their ranks, and we are joined on the line now by former Proteus uh, Batsman, of course, and now the coach of the Cape Town Blitz, Coach Eshwal Prince. Coach, good evening, and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening, Kabisa. How are you, man? I hope you're well. No, I'm fine. Thanks, Coach. How are preparations for the game tomorrow going? Yeah, we just actually finished our training session now. We arrived um, a little bit late this afternoon. Um, but just, just enough time to get some, some of the sunlight to get out in the next go. So we just finished off and it's going nicely. Three out of three, Coach Ashwell Prince. It's, it's, it must must be a dream start. I remember when we had spoken to you, you had said, uh, well, when we heard from you from the, during the draft, you had said that you believed that you'd made good business and you even credited the likes of JP Dumini. Um, what do you attribute to this, this good start to? 
Yeah, look, I mean, it's. I, I suppose all the teams are in the same in the same boat where everyone is trying to settle down on on a on a starting eleven or as a team. Um, you know, we've been, I suppose, a little bit lucky that we've been able to settle down and had some good performances early on. I, I, I think if you ask all the coaches, um, everyone will say that there's still a few, still a few areas that can improve. We're in the same boat, you know. We, we've had a decent start, but still a few areas that we can improve on. But um, having said that, it's it's nice to get a good start, and while you're still figuring a few things out uh, to get some points on the board. And how have you been able to juggle your side? Because firstly, you didn't have the Proteas players, and then you had one player that leaves, and then the other players uh, came back. How do you balance that? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I suppose that is a little bit of an opportunity for the for the uh, I'm going to say younger players because we have quite a few younger guys in our in our squad in that in that first couple of games where the Protea guys were away. So you know, and we've had some, and they put up some good performances. Calvin uh, scoring 50 not out in that first game. Mm. Um, Yanaman Milan has been contributing nicely. Jason Smith played nicely in that first game, and of course, Andres Nokia has been sensational with a new ball. So you know, you know, the young guys really uh, took the opportunities in that first couple of games. And talking about uh, Andrik Nokia, coach, he's caught a few eyes during the Mzansi Super League. Working closely with him, how do you uh, see his potential? Yeah, look, he's, he's been um, on the radar. When I say on the radar, we are down at um, the Cape Cobras. We've obviously come across him a few times in domestic cricket in the in, in the domestic competition. So, you know, we've 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 seen before what he is capable of, and I suppose now that um, that we're playing in the Zambia Super League on a big stage, um, it's an opportunity for the rest of South Africa and for the world to see what he's capable of. So we. You know, we're really excited to have him here, albeit only for 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 one month down in Brazil, having down in Cape Town. And I'm sure he'll learn a lot from from being close to Dale Stein. Yeah, look, um, actually, Dale, when he arrived back from Australia and he watched our first um, home game at Newlands, he was really excited. You know, by the obviously the speed that 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 Andre was holding it, I think he was. It was sort of a, a flashback for him to to his young days when he was a young twenty. 22 year old and, and, and was at the wrong place. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's really exciting for, for Dale to have a young, fast bowler in the team like that, and also for Andrich to, I mean, to be playing and opening the bowling with one of his um, sort of uh, boyhood stars or, or heroes. Yeah. And David Malan, is he going to come back? He says he did his job for two matches, now it's over to you guys. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, with um, the T10 competition, uh, you know, that draft took place before our draft took place, and, and those guys had prior commitments with the, with the T10 competition in Dubai. So, um, you know, we'll be boosted again by uh, Darby Milan and Mohamed Nawaz, who comes back after, um, after the, the T10 competition. And coach, what have you made of the opening week of the Mzansi Super League? I remember when you spoke again at the draft, you said that the country needs this is a great opportunity for the players. You've always believed that South Africa has got some good T20 players. Well, I mean, it's been phenomenal, uh, especially the standard of the cricket has been phenomenal. I must say, playing in an opening game uh, at Newlands um, against uh, Tuan Spartans, also there was another... Uh, another feel inside the ground where the hype was really good, um, you know, the crowd was really good. And if you add uh, the quality of cricketers that we have in this country with 
a few that we've already seen in the competition. I mean, um, in the first game for us, Mohamed Nawaz was man of the match. Um, and in the second game for us, um, Asif Ali was man of the match. So you have the quality cricketers that we have, and you add a few more from overseas, and you have a real, you have a real good product. And, and that, you know, that uh, one of the early weekend games down in Pau was a real good uh, yeah. advertisement for the competition with, with um, the Swan Spartans edging out the Pau Rasta one run. Uh, and the quali- uh, chasing over 200, you know. So, I mean, the quality is there to see. And I think the players and everybody involved are really excited. And, we, you know, we're just hoping to see more and more people come and watch uh, this competition, which is which is really got off to a brilliant start. Great stuff. Coach Eshel Prince, we wish you all the best tomorrow against the Josie Stars and for the rest of the competition. And thank you very much again for finding time to speak to us. Thank you very much, Jan. It's a, it's a pleasure joining you guys on the show. Thank you, Cape Town Blitz coach Ashwell Prince, doing a fantastic job, not only with the Blitz, but also with the Cobras. I mean, they were superb also in that Sunfall uh, uh, series there before the Mzanti Super League uh, came around. And uh, so that's it. Uh, looking forward to the action this weekend. And remember that SABC3 is the official broadcaster of the Mzanti Super League. Up next, it's Flashback Fridays with Mr. Precious McKenzie. SAFM explores issues in the news, politics, business, technology, and arts and culture with diverse perspectives and insights that will inform and challenge you. As always, we value your feedback. Don't hesitate to email us, feedback at safm.co.za. Join the conversation on global perspectives on the news of the day. SAFM, leading the conversation. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, before we go to Flashback Fridays, we also uh, almost forgot that there's a rugby game this weekend. The Springboks playing their last end-of-the-year tour match against Wales. And we've got Kanye Sotwaku, SABC a sports analyst, and also, of course, with the Tiso Black Star a group. Kanye so good evening, and thank you for joining us. Good evening, Kanye So thanks for being on the show. Before this match against Wales, what do you make of the boxers' performances in Europe so far? Well, they've won games that they're supposed to lose. Uh, and they lost again a bit of first win. But look, they've won half their game so far on the trip, so it should be mission successful for us. But if they beat Wales um, tomorrow in Cardiff, then you realize that um, 3 from 4 looks far better than 2 from 4. So I think also it makes Russell's year card um, look much better because he's already achieved 50% so far. But if they beat um, Wales tomorrow, then you realize that the year looks much better, even though, again, you look at the inconsistencies that have played the box and you realize that they could have and should have done better this year, even though it is a new coach came in with a new coaching stuff. And if they fail to beat Wales, does it make it a bad tour? It's, it's tough, it's tough, but I think more than anything else, it encapsulates the Springbok here where they, 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 at times they perform better than, they, they perform better than expectations, and at times they fail to deliver. I mean, an example I'll make, were the two losses against Argentina and Australia on the road when they lost in Mendoza and they lost in Brisbane. There was an expectation on them to win those games, and they didn't. Then they went to Wellington. There was an expectation that they were going to lose that they were going to lose that game, and they won. There was an expectation that after 70 minutes they lost this first half, that the Bucks were going to win that game, and the All Blacks were going to last 10 minutes. So when expectation has risen, the Bucks haven't delivered, and when expectation has been low, the Bucks has the Bucks have delivered. So if they lose, or if they lose tomorrow, I think it will actually sum up the year, the, the year in particular. But then again, Wells are also a very good side. They play the defense, a very good defensive rugby, and they 
Warren Jackson over the past five years. I was about to ask. I mean, I think they've won their last nine matches. What is it that they're getting right? Uh, uh, he even could afford to make 14 changes in the one match against Tonga. Look, I think I think Warren Gatlin knows what he has in terms of his starting players. He has liked the box. Well, like in the other international team, they have been defeated by injury. But Wales have a very defensive structure. It's similar to how Jake White's box played back between 2004 and 2007 because they're a very defensive side. They give low inches. We saw in the Australia in the Australia game where they won 9-6. They, it was a game of very small inches where they were, able, they were actually able to contain um, the Australians. But also one needs to look at the current the, the recent history between Wales and the Springboks. And one realized that the Welsh actually quite tough. The wood on the Springboks have won the last, three, the last three encounters. So I think the box will be under pressure to actually overturn um, that result. But you also saw when the teams met in Washington that when the box got going, especially at the time, was a very untried team. They actually did very well. So now, Rusty actually has the benefit of a reasonably strong starting side. And look, he actually won this game with an unchanged starting 15. And he only made one swap with Eben Estimus coming off the bench. So clearly, the past two results have told him with confidence. And if they deliver now, Rusty may also look and realize that he's 23 for the World Cup. He's starting to take shape. And the only slot you may need to follow the remaining eight places to complete the 31-man lineup for the World Cup. What would be the key to beating Wales tomorrow in Cardiff? Again, an 80-minute performance. Um, the box have been masters of playing in patches where they are good in they're good in 10 minutes in the fall of the next because they need to make sure that from a defensive perspective they don't have the kind of lapses that they had in the in the France game, albeit they won. Also, there are some defensive lapses in the Scotland game, albeit they won. This need to cut out those defensive lapses. I mean, it will be the 14th test of the year. So, I mean, after 14 tests, you, you, you'd want to realize, you, you, you'd love to know that a team has made strides defensively. Yes, they've looked far better on defense than they did at the start of the year. So, ideally now, you want all the facets that have come together in catches through the year to come together in one performance tomorrow. And finally, I mean, um, after three matches, are there any players that have impressed you so far on this tour? Well, I mean, Bondi, again, uh, Bongi has been very good whenever he's, whenever he's played. I mean, Emerald Sapir, all eyes have been on him because, again, he deserved it. So, um, Rassi hasn't quite juggled his come out very well. Emerald Sapir had a very composed game, um, and a very composed game last week. So, I think that the key is how much time Rassi gives his bench because I think that's been the biggest debate this year, how much time, especially when it comes to the bench because also, again, Austin Yankee is coming off the bench in all three places that is very good for the Springboks. So again, you want to see how much time does Rasi give the 10 top combination of an Elton and Andre because clearly it's working. You see, so again, you want to see what com- what combinations work, and then I think from next week onwards there will be a debriefing in terms of what works. And I have because it's clear that Rasi has nailed down a lot of places now. Look, look at Stephen Kitsov. Stephen Kitsov has been coming that he has been hasn't been missed. So next year when it comes to the matter of super rugby and keeping players fresh. I mean, now, an example is that now, um, Rassi knows that in Beast and in Sedanto and, and, and Stephen Kittle, he's got two world class starting, um, starting, um, this thing, starting mutual props. Mm. Um, in terms of Titan, it's also sorted, and Hawkeye is sorted, and Lock is also sorted. Eight man gifts, that's a question that will be answered next year. Is the available dead for million injury? But a lot of positions Rassi has bailed out. It's just a case of making sure that. There's enough world class depth to, to to combat injuries when they come, especially in the World Cup here. 
Finally, I haven't seen the odds, uh, but I would think that Wells are favourite at home. What would be the handicap be for this game? I think at 3-1 Wales to win this game. They are the favourites. They have been playing some very good rugby. And again, the Northern Hemisphere teams, I mean, you would have seen last week with how Ireland performed against the All Blacks. They don't quite have that fear factor against Southern Hemisphere teams anymore. Again, what they do in the pre-World Cup as compared to what they do in the World Cup are two different things. So, again, I question against people saying that the Northern Hemisphere is on the ascendancy because it's been like that over the past three World Cup cycles where the year before the World Cup, the Northern Hemisphere teams have placed on some serious advantages, but come the World Cup, it becomes a different story because clearly the, the Southern Hemisphere teams are able to shift different gears in a World Cup year. So you expect Wales to win by three? I'll give it three to one, but I wouldn't be surprised if the box win by the very same margin. Okay, Kenya Sotswaku, thank you very much for joining us on SAFM Spot On. No problem, thank you very much. Thank you, Kenya uh, there and good luck to the box for tomorrow it's 20 past 7 tomorrow night kick off South African at time up next now we're really going to get to New Zealand now and speak to Mr. Precious Mackenzie and talk about his incredible uh, story if you don't know about this man then don't go anywhere Flashback Fridays Flashback Fridays on SAFM Let's have the conversation. 0891-104-207. Okay, so as I mentioned, then we are catching up with a South African-born former weightlifter who won Commonwealth titles representing both England and New Zealand and has won several World Powerlifting and Masters World Powerlifting title, one of the Commonwealth Games' most recognizable athletes born in Deben, South Africa, but now living in New Zealand. And Mr. Precious McKenzie joins us on the line. Mr. McKenzie, sir, good evening. Thank you very much for joining us on SAFM where the whole country can hear your, your story. Well, good evening to you too, and uh, thank you very much for doing such good research. You, you said it very well, the titles. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. McKenzie. Firstly, how are you keeping? I understand that you uh, were in hospital recently, but how are you feeling? Is everything okay? Yes, I'm recovering now. It's actually my voice is still not right. It comes and goes. So I just hope that I'll be able to finish October anyway. Okay. Well, I've, I've spoken to you before on another radio station, and I remember at the time you were busy treating and helping people with back problems. Is that something that you're still doing, Mr. McKenzie? Yes, I'm still doing it, unfortunately. Uh, for a few months now, I've, I haven't been doing it because of the tumor which I had in my, on, my, on my throat. So it's now been what's called a bad off. So it looks like everything will become right. It's just recovering now. Was this what you did as a profession after your sporting career? Is that the field that you went into? No, I used to shoot right. Oh. And, and from there, I landed in England. And, and, and I won the first title in weightlifting. And that's when I took up the coaching scheme. Oh. And that's how it became an instructor. And, and before we get into your career, Mr. McKenzie, how, how is life in New Zealand? How long have you been there for now? Oh, I've been here since 1975. Ooh. And are you happy there? Are they treating you well? Oh, absolutely. It's a 
beautiful country, and everyone here in this country is magnificent. Do you still do you still keep in touch with the people here at home? Do you come back sometimes to South Africa? Unfortunately, not. When I when I was inducted in the Hall of Fame, it was in Oh, that was the last time you came when you were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yes. I think that was 2006. Yes, yes, yes. Let's get to your career, Mr. Mackenzie. Firstly, but before we go there, um, I understand that you were born in Deben. How was it growing up at that time? Because things were very hard then. Because my mother couldn't look after us. And we came into foster parents. And this our life started. Very difficult. And from the onwards, and once I finished school, the master did look for a job. And of course, the job that I did, I got into the shoe trade. Mm. And I became the president. I understand that you wanted to get into the circus and be a performer, but because of the system, you were not allowed to. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. That's correct. You're not knowing that. I would never get into a circus because of the apartheid. And and then it, it when how did you venture into weight training and weightlifting? How did you get introduced to that sport? Because you were not allowed to be a circus performer because of the apartheid system. And, yes, when I left school in big management, in big management itself, I asked you guys in the street. Which is the nearest gym where I can do my gymnastic. And so they directed me into the wrong gym. In, 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 in Chase Street. Mm. And that's how, that's how it all started. And did you ever think that you could carve out a career as a professional weightlifter, let alone an international one? No, never dream of it at all. All these. The moment I won my first bodybuilding competition in 1957, that's when it all started. Mm. And uh, just tell us about the time, Mr. McKenzie, when you were ranked as the country's top weightlifter, but you could not represent the country because you were classified as a colored. Uh, yes, in, in South Africa, of course. Yes. yes, in South Africa. How was that time for you? Oh, that was that was the hardest part of all, because knowing that I'm I'm the best in the country, yet they can't select me because of the color of your skin, and that that was really disappointing. Mm. So so then uh, you couldn't go to the 1958 Commonwealth Games, 1960 Rome Olympics, but apparently the government at the time said that you could go to the 1964 Olympics, but you had to be separated from your white teammates, and you refused. That's it. Yes, I took a stand. Yeah, I took a stand like uh, Muhammad Ali did. It was a tremendous sacrifice because when they refused me uh, being the best in the country, I, I thought to myself, no, I'm going to give this up. I'm going to take a hard stand. And of course, it wasn't, it wasn't too easy for me. And it seems like these laws, Mr. Precious McKenzie, that were designed to break you, actually did not break you, but instead they seem to have made you stronger. Oh, yes. I was very determined uh, that um, I'll, I'll take a stand. 
So was it nineteen sixty four then when you decided to leave the country and head off to, to Britain? Was it was it a hard decision to make? Absolutely. I believe my Was it? Um, I remember. I, I well, I read actually that the British Minister of Sport at the time, Mr. Dennis Howell, had fast-tracked your application. But did you look for the opportunity to go to Britain, or was it offered to you? No, I made. This, uh, uh, I went to my my boss at at the, at the fashion factory where I worked, and I asked him if he could give me a transfer to Northampton. You went to the Commonwealth Games for England. You won gold. How did it feel finally then to be at a major international event, sir? Well, that, that was a very, very good start because that was my first gold medal in, in Kingston, Jamaica. And I surprised the whole contention, the British contingent, the English contingent. Did you get to meet the Queen? Yes, the Queen uh, and Princess Anne at that time. Princess Anne. The, 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 the hall was very small, wasn't big. Okay. That's the reason why we were much closer to, to the royal family, the athletes. And that's when I met Princess Anne. Okay, uh, and then... Um, at that time, I understand you were also holding down a job working at a shoe factory in Northampton. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. I worked there for, for uh, oh, I just forgot the name now, but, but they were the best shoes in the world. And they offered me a job because of the Taylor in, in South Africa. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, Mr. McKenzie, we're going to leave it here for now, just part one of the story, and we just want your voice to get better, and then we're going to continue with part two, because uh, there's still New Zealand where you are now, and I want to find out how did you get to New Zealand, and also you went to three Olympic Games, and uh, just like it seems like your life took a completely uh, different direction, and we're going to continue this conversation for the sake of our listeners, uh, so when Mr. Precious McKenzie gets better, because a lot of people want to hear uh, this story, and I don't think that will do them a justice if we continue like that but we appreciate your time Mr. McKenzie we just wanted to bring you on and just highlight what you've done and people can go and look you up now but we'll definitely again uh, have a second part of the conversation tune in to SAFM for the best African music of your soothing weekend music. This is SAFM. In a world where the noises of disruption are getting louder, your survival and relevance will require agility. Mancosa, Southern Africa's leading private higher educational institution, has empowered thousands of alumni for over 23 years by providing quality and affordable education. Register now and remain relevant. Mancosa is a proud member of Honoris United Universities. Dream it, we'll take you there. SMS Mancosa and your email address to 3 Okay, we really do apologize for that interview. Um, it's clear that Mr. McKenzie um, is, is, is not is not too well to speak. I mean, we did speak to him throughout the week and he did say that he was well. He did sound better throughout uh, the week even actually this uh, today when we called him he sounded like he was much better but I think as you can hear that um, he's, uh, he's not sounding that great so I think let's give him a chance uh, to recover. I know that he's eager to do the interview but as I said I don't think we'll be doing the interview and a man of this stature uh, justice if we continued like that. There's so much uh, that I wanted to find out and so much that needs to be told of this uh, story and we will definitely wait for the man to recover and and bring him back uh, when he's in a, a good state to speak to us. So we uh, apologies for that. Let's then turn our focus to what everybody is still talking about, the Soweto Derby that happens uh, tomorrow at the Moses Mabida Stadium. We looked at the business side of it yesterday. We didn't really get to the football side of it. And this is where I would like uh, to get your calls. What do you make of tomorrow's game? Uh, who do you think is uh, going to win this one? I've had a lot of people, including the producers here, saying that they believe that Kaiser Chiefs will get the better of Orlando Paris despite what happened last month at the FNB Stadium where uh, Paris beat Chiefs 2-1. It could have been more. There was a penalty missed. There were so many uh, chances missed. And even before that game, even with the good form that Orlando Paris were in, a lot of pundits actually tipped Kaiser Chiefs to win uh, that game. And it looks like it's a bit more of the same again tomorrow. They expect Chiefs to bounce back. Uh, they are known, of course, as the Cup Kings of South African football. Ball, as their coach Giovanni Solinas reminded us uh, this week. Well, you can't predict, you know, with that. <laughs> okay, sorry, that's Dr. Ivan Koza. We'll play that, but let's hear from the Chiefs coach first. Because yeah, of Chiefs, and we, and we need to uh, play to win. The derby is uh, with Kaiser um, Chiefs played uh, 164 games. Chiefs won 67. Pirates. One forty 
draw 52. So the history is for Kaiser Chiefs. Okay, so that's what the coach is saying of Kaiser Chiefs, that the history favors Kaiser Chiefs uh, tomorrow, ahead of tomorrow. And then how's this comment from the Paris chairman, uh, Dr. Evan Koza? He was asked today for his prediction of the, on the derby, and this is what he had to say. Well, you can't predict, you know, with that. <laughs> uh, because football, football, football is not there for. Football is not there for. So therefore, it's very important that you do your best to prepare your team. Uh, they say that, you know, uh, you can prepare a horse for victory, but victory lies with the Lord. <laughs> Only God knows. <laughs> if you look at the Bible, they say, people make plans, God loves. So God knows what's going to be the answer. <laughs> Ah, the chairman, not inspiring confidence here. Uh, ahead of the derby tomorrow, God knows, the Lord will decide. That's the chairman of Orlando Paris, Dr. Evan Koza. Tell us what you think. 891 SMS 40938, WhatsApp 061-4104-107. And we've got on the line with us Mbuli, SABC Sports Senior Reporter, as well as Chad Clade, uh, football journalist for Kickoff. And uh, let's start with Velila. First, good evening, both of you, gentlemen, and thank you very much for joining us. Uh, good evening, Chad, and also to uh, SOFM Sport on Business. Evening, Chad. Are you well? I'm right. Thanks for joining us, Chad. Valila, I want to start with you because you at this press conference when the Kaiser Chiefs coach gave the history of the derby. Is it relying more on history than performance? Um, very interesting um, because the coach now is um starting to be more philosophical and relying on the history of um the derby and um that case Chiefs has always had an upper hand. Uh, but uh, is I, I felt it's been a bit incremental with the truth, uh, in the fact that Kelly Chiefs, um, when it comes to winning the derby in regulation time, it's something they have not done in the last four years. Um but well look, the stairs are the stairs and um I think from where you're quoting it, it does favor him. So it's going to be very interesting because one of the things that uh, in this press conference he was um, alluding to was that uh, in the last study, uh, we were also fresh from an international week and it, they had about five to six players who were injured at the time. You remember even Kama required a late mesh, uh, mesh fitness test and he had not played a game that preceded that uh, that, that um because of uh, returning uh, from uh, their game against Congo Brazzaville, in fact, the DRC at the time, uh, with an injury. So he feels that this time uh, they are in a better position. But as to whether, because of their cup pedigree, they have got an upper hand, I'm not sure. Chad Clayt, who would be favourite for, for this game and why? Look, if I had to give us a flat out answer about this league with the Lando Pirates, given their recent history in this, in this particular picture. Um, but again, um is pointing out the record favors Chiefs in terms of the all-time head-to-head record. Um, so it's, it's a bit contrasting to, to the man we used to deal with in the past. Uh, uh, the, the, the famous words of, of Steve Compella, stats are like a bikini. So you, can't, you can never really go with, with the records or, or the stats from the past. Uh, I think um, one thing you do look at is, is current form. And uh, if you look at Orlando Pirates, 11 games without defeat. Uh, the end of August. Uh, that, that speaks a lot about the team that's, that's getting together. They, they're becoming more and more organized. Their players are gaining confidence with each game. And, and they've actually been stringing together a few wins. So 
that that definitely favours uh, Orlando Pirates. And if you look at Chiefs' form, two wins in their last uh, seven matches and scoring just five goals, I mean, it's a vastly different team to what we saw before uh, the, the previous international break. Um, and as, as Billy pointed out as well, I think uh, uh, the, the injuries were obviously a big blow um, to, to, to Kaiser Chiefs in, in the ahead of the previous derby. But uh, again, uh, the likes of, of, of Brilliard and Castro not, not finding the back of the net is, is, is a very worrying factor for, for, for Selena. And uh, that, that's definitely something they'll, they'll be looking at uh, going into this derby to try and get the confidence up of the, of the, the guys up front and and if they don't score, then, then who do they resort to? Because there's no one else getting the goals for them at the moment. Okay, so that's it from Chad Clay. Let's go to the voice notes. You can send us your voice notes on how you think the game will go. 061-4104-107. That's where we take voice notes. 061-4104-107. And somebody has sent us a voice note. I remember, uh, this is Zuko Smith all the way from Binoni. You know, uh, this is what the kids achieve that we used to know. The cup specialist. This is the new Kaiser Chiefs. After Steve Compare left, they haven't recovered yet. So for people to tip them that they will be on top of Orlando Pirates, uh, like, you know what, they don't even know their combination. Even if you, you can ask the fans, like, who do you think will be on a starting 11? They don't even know. That coach can come with seven new players tomorrow. So I don't see them winning. Orlando Pirates is going to win again. Okay, Zico Smith, loud and clear there. Orlando Pirates is going to win again. We're going to take a quick break, but you can still send us your voice notes on 061-4104-107. News headlines have been filled with corporate governance scandals. 2019 will only be better if we have the courage and knowledge to achieve success with honesty and integrity. The Institute of Directors in Southern Africa offers practical corporate governance guidance and advice to help build better directors, better boards, better business, and a better South Africa. Download a free assessment from iodsa.co.za to check if your directors are ready to guide your organization in doing the right thing at the right time. Another Soweto Derby is here. Hey, Amakoti seek revenge against their arch-rivals Orlando Pirates in the Telkom knockout semi-finals after their recent 2-1 loss in the league, while Amapagania target two wins in a row. Catch this grudge clash live on SABC1 and your favorite SABC radio station this Saturday at 2.30pm live from the Moses Mopita Stadium. Brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. Okay, um, we've got a caller on the line there. Okay, Sydney, I'll come back to you now. Uh, everybody's saying that this is not the same Kaiser Chiefs, not the Kaiser Chiefs of Steve Compella, not the Kaiser Chiefs of old. Why is that? Yeah, look, uh, so I know that the people are talking about the Chiefs having gone uh, three years um, without winning anything, you know. A lot of parties have gone for in the options without winning anything. Um, but, you know, look, parties previously, they had gone eight years without winning anything. So one can say maybe they are, this is something that they are used to. Um, so that's why maybe you see a stronger reaction from Kedoshin's side uh, on having gone this long without achieving anything, and they, they are concerned. For me, Solina, there was a time where it looked like, okay, something is promising. But if you look from the time when he last won that um, after Premiership Coach of the Month award, and when he had that 
winning streak of three games. It's been downward ever since. Uh, when you look at the brand of football they are playing, uh, the combinations they are trying, uh, the, the tinkering with the starting lineup, he just seems unsure of what he's doing. Um, you know, so and now also I'm not sure about his technical bench as well. Uh, I'm not sure if the assistant he's got is also helping him uh, because when you've got what I perceive as a weak coach like Solinas, you need someone stronger um, next to him uh, as an assistant coach. And I'm not sure if Mabed is providing that. Malefetsane in Midran, thank you for calling us. Good evening. Yeah, good evening, member. How are you? I'm fine. And you? How do you see this one going? Ah, look, member, I think it's still going to take some time for this. I think it's take momentum. And uh, look, they're both very good players, yes. But uh, I don't think, you know, they are, they, are, they, are, they found their footing. I see Pirates beating them again. And, you know, uh, it shouldn't be a surprise to, to, to many people. I'm a Thunder fan, member, as you know. But, mm. but I think Pirates is going to take this one. These are no match at all for Pirates. Okay, that's Malefetsane there calling us from Midrand. Chad, uh, you touched on Orlando Pirates and they are good and they are good form. What is it that they're getting right? Because there was a bit of concern from the supporters' slow start uh, in the beginning of the season, but they seem to have really found some good form. Yeah, I think uh, it was a bit of a, a inconsistency factor at the beginning of the season for Pirates as well, which is what the Chiefs are going through now, as Lady pointed out. Uh, the chopping and changing definitely doesn't help uh, any side gain any momentum or any sort of morale or, or uh, camaraderie within the team. So I definitely think the, the consistency within the Pirates uh, team has, has definitely helped the likes of Machuari and Lambos uh, being central figures in that midfield. And the attacking uh, changes are, are just happening just to rotate the likes of Shonga and, and Mulenga, uh, giving them in game time and, and bringing in others like Nkoma Kola every now and then just to give them a bit of a run. But it's, it's really just it's the core of the team remaining the same. Happy Jela in the centre-back center position. Uh, even Bonchan has really uh, done well in his, in his role as goalkeeper. Yes, he's had a, a couple of blunders here and there, but uh, he's, he's basically owned that position thus far with um, um, uh, Mabukwane coming in every now and then. Uh, and and he's, he's back in the, in the mix, so uh, definitely the consistency factor is, is one thing to look at uh, in favor of Pirates. Uh, and, and just the, the overall stuff within the camp, I think they've, they've, built, they've started to build on what they, they, the foundation they set last season um, with that core structure. And uh, it, it, it's really going well. So you don't pick something that's not broken. And, and I think that's where, where Chiefs maybe have got it wrong. Is there was nothing wrong with the team after they, they strung together those three wins in September with Salinas winning coach of the month and Billiard winning player of the month. And they just started tampering with, with the team too much and, and that inconsistency has really cost them. Verilambuli, how much pressure now is on the Chiefs' a technical team if they don't get past Orlando Pirates here? Because you can, you can hear people are not confident, they're not happy with what they're seeing so far under the Italian. I, I think today you forgot Verilambuli. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. It's a Friday, forgive us. Yeah. You see, uh, especially after Al Ali decided last night to relieve uh, Patrus Cateron of his duties, uh, I'm sure Solinas is looking over his shoulder now uh, because he is a man who was in the top two or top three of Kershaw candidates, but unfortunately at that time uh, he was sought away by uh, Al Ali. Now he's 
sets available on the market. Now, you never know. Uh, we know that uh, Mr. Shinchakulova Prake uh, is not someone um, who, who likes to change the technical team at any time. But uh, when you can say that, uh, well, this direction we're going, uh, we don't see anything that, that is happening here. Because the reality of it is that if she gets knocked out tomorrow, um, they will only be left with the league and also the Netbank Cup later um, this, this, this season. And if they don't do well, uh, in fact, you, you can see that in the league they are slightly slipping away and slipping away. And they'll only be left with the Netbank Cup. And then there's also the Cape Confederation Cup which I believe that it's very important at Kizashius because they want to make their maiden appearance uh, in, the, in, the, in the group stages. So Solina you knows that uh, tomorrow's result um, is very important. Yes, uh, Mr. Mkawung has previously came out and said they are not thinking about anything, but uh, you can't look at Debbie twice, uh, the Debbie twice at Kizashius, and it, they keep quiet. Okay. Chad, finally, just on another note, I saw a story that you uh, posted uh, earlier today about Pesitao and Brighton. What was that all about? Yeah, I think um, I, I caught on to an interview that Chris Houston did with uh, the August, uh, and he was he was asked about Percy Tau's uh, recent progress, obviously the fact that he's been doing well in, in Belgium, and now recently with Fofana as well, as has obviously got a lot of people talking and, and hyping him up for, for possible return to Dyson, uh, possibly at the, end of, at the end of the season. Uh, but he's, he's basically gone and shut that down, um, pointing out the, the, the challenges they will face with, with getting first year work permits. So, uh, our fears are, are now basically coming to light in, in the fact that we knew that first he wouldn't, uh, be able to get a, a work permit upon his move to, to Brighton initially. And loaning him out to a Belgian second division side cast further doubt on, on his future at Brighton because to be able to, to play in England, you need to be playing at the highest level. Uh, basically in the Champions League or the Europa League and, and being in the second tier hasn't helped him at all. So uh, Chris Houston was basically confirming that uh, the situation is not in their hands uh, and the fact, uh, the possibility of him coming to, to Brighton and, and playing in the Premier League next season are slim because of the work permit issues and, and they'll only be making a decision on, on whether he goes out to another another team or whether he, he could actually, by some miracle, qualify for, for work permit. Uh, but, but he's saying it's not in their hands and, and something they'll only think about at the end of the season. So regardless of how well Percy is doing, uh, the, the road doesn't look too bright for him going forward uh, unless he can he can win over another club from one of the top five leagues to, to go on loan at, uh, next season. Okay, Chad, thank you very much for the update and joining us. You can follow him, C. Clayty, on uh, Twitter there. Clayty with a Y at the end. Uh, Chad Clayt from kickoff.com. Thanks, Chad. And also, uh, thank you to Veliliam Nyandu, SABC senior uh, reporter, uh, for joining us and to speak about the derby. We might speak again, Velila, on Monday when Chiefs are looking for a new coach. <laughs> uh, well, I cannot confirm anything because Chiefs have got a better attack than Paris. <laughs> And what does that mean? Anything is possible because Paris defense is also shaky. Just look at the fourth consider. But does the last game not tell you anything about these two teams? The difference? I'm telling you about, I'm telling you about now. Uh, Chad was just telling me that uh, the Derby and also the chairman said the Derby doesn't rely on the past. It relies on today.
Oh, a lot of people are living on hope ahead of tomorrow's match. Uh, let's see how it goes, Vanilla. We'll give you a call on Monday. But that's it from us. That's our show. Once again, apologies for that precious McKenzie interview because we were really looking forward to it. And actually, what's happened on social media is that somebody has got in touch with us and says that they wrote a book about uh, Mr. Precious McKenzie. So I think that we will be definitely in touch with this person and he will tell us more because he also says that he believes that this story of uh, Precious McKenzie it really needs to be told so thank you uh, very much uh, for getting in a touch uh, with us there about precious mckenzie and we'll definitely definitely bring you on when we talk about him uh, for the second time i just can't find the person's name apologies i was just looking for that tweet but that's it really our time is up up next is uh, lizette akan with off the pitch